What's up, guys? Justin here for another episode. Um, I am recording this on the heels of getting back from my West Coast trip to California. Had a great time out there and got to see quite a few of our clients and our students that are currently in our Everything You Should Have Learned in Chiropractic School But Didn't course. So um, it was great to get to connect with them, meet some of them in person, and um, we're back. We're back for another episode. I have a very, very, very exciting announcement. So some people saw it posted on Instagram, but I want to announce it here. We are having our official, our official first in-person mastermind event in September. So this September, we will be hosting our first Rehab Cairo mastermind in-person event. So that'll be September 10th and 11th here in New Jersey. So September 10th and 11th here in New Jersey, we will be hosting our first in-person mastermind event. Just to give you a little background, when I created this Rehab Cairo Mastermind, obviously we're here to help people grow their business. And one of the ways to do that is to build the community. Because of my time as a student in mastermind programs, what I realized was that building the community of like-minded people and business owners um, has been probably the greatest ROI that I've ever had in business. And the amount of time, money, effort, and energy that I've spent is returned to me tenfold. There are people that I met early on, first mastermind events that I ever attended that are still some of my closest friends today that I'm talked to weekly, some daily, text often, that help me, that I help them, um, that we watched families grow and kids grow and go through marriages and divorces and, you know, People that you really resonate with and, and can you know become friendly with. And I've met them at my mastermind events. And so starting for me back in about 2015, 16, I started to attend in-person events. This Rehab Cairo Mastermind program that we've been running for about a year, um, the idea is, was always to have in-person events. But up to this point, it just logistically COVID all the reasons why we haven't been able to do it. But I think at this point, we're ready. And I just could not be more excited to bring people in, uh, get the group together, and have two days submerged in just absolutely some of the best business content that I, I can deliver to you. So the Rehab Cairo Mastermind in-person events eventually eventually will be exclusive to our mastermind members. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, I always try to be very honest in business. Right now, our program is small. At some point, it's not going to be small. And when it starts to grow, we'll only be able to logistically host um, our actual Rehab Cairo mastermind members, the people that are in our actual program. However, for the first one, since I want to build that community, what I am doing is I'm going to be opening it to non-mastermind members. And so, yes, we will have exclusive content and access for our mastermind members. But if you are out there and you want to attend our in-person event and are not currently taking one of our programs or have taken any of our programs, you can still attend our mastermind event. And so if you're out there and you would like to see what it's about and you would like to get some more information, just shoot me an email, coaching at strive to move.com. Shoot, hit me up on Instagram uh, at Justin Rabinowitz and I can send over some more information 
realistically, what's probably going to happen is if you if you do want to attend, and you're not part of our programs. We'll set up a call. I want to make sure that it's the right fit for you before you you know decide to to spend the time and money to travel here. I want to make sure that it is a good fit. I want to make sure that you are going to get your money's worth if you do decide to come. And so, if you're interested. If you had any interest in learning more about business um, and what we do at the Rehab Cairo Mastermind, but aren't currently in our programs, please just shoot me an email, DM me on Instagram. We'll make sure that we set up a call and we'll be able to help you out and give you some more information to see if it's a good fit uh, for you to attend our in-person event. Just to give you a preview, uh, we're finalizing guests, we're finalizing topics, but I can tell you right now, the first Rehab Cairo Mastermind, if you have any interest in learning marketing, learning sales process and systems, this is absolutely the mastermind for you. We're going to to spend two days on sales and marketing. Two days on sales and marketing. So if you're in practice, you don't know how to charge higher prices, you don't have a sales system, you're not sure what to do, or you don't have a system or plan around getting new patients into your practice, uh, this is a must attend. I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. If you're in business and you have it all figured out, how to get patients and how to keep patients, how to get them to pay higher prices, get them on packages, get the lifetime value up, then maybe this isn't for you. But for everyone else, this is absolutely the event that you need to attend. So, for my mastermind members, members out there, you guys know the event is coming up in September. Um, and for non-mastermind members, I want to do it officially announce it here. This will be one of the only times. I can't tell you how many times we'll do it, but at some point, like I said, it will be open exclusively to mastermind members. So for you guys that are not in the mastermind and want to attend the event, this is a chance for you to experience what we do at the Rehab Cairo Mastermind programs. If you're interested, email me. Now, today's episode. Today's episode, we talk about org chart. Um, It's a conversation that I never thought I'd be having this early in the program because so many people are solo. But what I realized is that in order to organize our time, in order to segment the business and make sure that all aspects of the business are treated appropriately and fairly, and given the requisite time, energy, and effort to make sure that the business is successful. An org chart is an amazing conversation that we all have to think about from the get-go. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, if you have any questions, if you want to learn more information about the Rehab Cairo Mastermind, shoot me an email, coaching at strivetomove.com. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Justin Rabinowitz. Um, I'll be talking a little bit more about that. The event is in September, so the deadline will be in August to sign up. Um, and I will release more information soon. But if you have any interest, please reach out. And I hope to talk to you soon. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. I actually think the easiest way to think about this, which is a good sort of skill to have long-term, even when you're just starting out, is actually to look more at um, an org chart and go from there. 
right? Because if you're, if you, right now we have a bigger business, not huge, but we have a bigger business and we actually have like an org chart with different sections. But I actually think it's more important when you're by yourself because you have to act in every aspect of the business, right? So typically, and again, this is, so I can tell you when I started this, I joined a master, a CEO group, where I always tell the story that I walked into this group and I had one staff member at the time, Lauren, these people, I had like a $200,000 business and I should not have been there, but that's why I was there. Everyone was doing five, six, seven, all the staff, everything going on. But the first thing we did, the first day we got there, we sat in a room like this and we started to make an org chart. My org chart had nothing on it, but you gotta start somewhere, right? So let's just, let's just, so write this down because this is important. And this, if you wanted to go to Home Depot, GE, like any company in the world, they would start this way. It doesn't matter, any business in the world, the reality is there's really only four functions and four departments in any business, and that's it. Now again, there's layers and all that stuff, but just for our tents and purposes, this is what we're doing. But that's it. Every business in the world you could opt, so CEO, Chief Executive Officer, CFO, Chief Financial Officer, CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, right? It's, it's the, you know, people that have fancy titles, this is where it comes from. And so, think about us now is that we're solo, right? Because I think it's a better conversation. Well, the issue is you're, you're this, and 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 how do we figure out what the hell to do with it? Now, if you haven't started or are just starting, the metrics that I give here is if you haven't started or trying to get to like 10,000 in revenue in a cash-based model, that's what I would say is just getting it off the ground. If you're there, and we'll talk about and break it down each section, the only thing that matters is that. It's marketing and sales. Now, every business in the world always needs marketing and sales, but if you're just getting off the ground, if you're worried about anything other than that, you're wrong. Where this comes about, you guys that haven't started yet, like, listen up, because you'll waste your time. I can't tell you how many calls that I get on with people that are asking, they call me, I want to have, like, an org chart conversation. Like, what EHR should I get? I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't even know. Do we even have EHR at this point? Like, what do we use? It doesn't matter. I talked to a guy yesterday, he hasn't opened his practice yet. For a month, he decided on his EHR. I was like, bro, how about we decide on getting a patient? That would be good. But that's where people start, right? Any business in the world, this is high-level business advice, is you need to find customers and get them to pay. If you don't do that, everything else is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You could sell surfboards, or you could sell hair gel, or you could sell whatever you want. You could have the best back-end finance in the world, but if there's no dollars in the account, finance is irrelevant. You could have the best systems, you could have the best EHR, but if there's no patient on the schedule, you can't use the EHR. It doesn't matter. We get so caught up in all the other shit that we forget, this is the thing, get customers, keep customers. Get customers, keep customers. When you grow the business, these don't go away, you just stack other things on top of it. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because it goes into the time blocking, because if you run a business and you're solo, you more than likely have to figure out how to wear different hats. 
And so marketing, we, we sort of know, maybe not, but marketing is how to, it's, we call it like top of funnel. It's getting people in the door, getting people to know about us, bring awareness. It could be direct response, it could be branding, it could be digital, it could be email, it could be events, it could be in person. That all fits in the marketing department. Those are all things at the top of the funnel to get people to know that we exist. That's what Hannah does. She directs our marketing department. So her job, at the end of the day, the thing that she's accountable for, we call them prospects or leads. They can be used interchangeable, it's just like, just so you know what you're talking about. But her job is to generate prospects and leads. That's top of the funnel. That's the furthest left on this org chart, right? Now the next section, we call it our sales department. Now in, cl in clinical practice, I think sales happens twice. It happens on the phone, right? People call up. People call up and I'd like to make an appointment and we have a conversation and you know we, we, that's like our bread and butter, that's what we spend a ton of time on. But then sales also happens in the room, usually with the doctor, to get people to commit to the care plan or whatever the hell we're doing. So getting people to show up, getting people to call, getting people to bring awareness, and then getting them to convert to a patient, left side of the org chart, right? Now, this is good because I, I never knew this before, but if you look at it, the where where service-based businesses go wrong, and again, you'll you go on some websites of big companies and you'll see this, of, of, of healthcare businesses, where service-based businesses go wrong is that, and when I saw this, I was, it was, because once I saw it, I couldn't stop seeing it around, is that the only thing that they focus on is that department. That when they grow, the only thing they grow is that department. I had a, a call, it was actually a classmate of mine, he was one semester behind, he's up in upstate New York, does a really good job, he's a really energetic guy, he has a good business, he's making good money, and uh, it's just him, like he doesn't have a front desk, he doesn't have a mark, he has nothing other than him, he does great, like he makes good money. And um, I got on a call with him, and he was like, yeah, what do you think I should do, blah, 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 and I was like, I think you should like do these things here, and he's like, well, I was thinking about hiring an associate. I'm like, well, you can, but I wouldn't. And so what he was going to do is what most people in service-based businesses do is that they get busy and they just start to build out their operations. Is that he was going to do this. He got busy, he had a bunch of students shadowing him, and he just figured it's a good time to hire another clinician. And so they build this business with like four Kairos, and then they have nobody in the sales department sort of they are doing the marketing-ish, but not really. And then God bless them because no one's keeping track of their numbers. Hopefully their account is, but probably not. But you'll see this all the time. You'll go to these bigger practices and they got PT, Cairo, Cairo 2, Cairo 6, OT, everybody and their sister. And they got an admin, they got 12 people in this department. Hey, who does marketing? Oh, we all just kind of contribute. It's like, no, that means nobody's doing marketing. Who's directing of, of the sales department? No, no, we don't really. Yeah, just kind of figure it out. Do you have a CFO on the back end, outsourced, any insourced accountant? No, I just look at the numbers once a month. The problem in our world, as and again, so you guys are, this is getting stuff that some of you guys are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Good, because eventually you'll be here and you'll make this mistake. If you can get this before you make the mistake, we've done our job today. We get busy and we think we should bring in another Cairo. But then think about it, right? You're busy 30 hours a week in the, rubbing on hamstrings, whatever the hell you guys do, great stuff, right? And then you bring out another Cairo, and they go in the room next door. And then they, they get your overflow, and they've got about eight patients on the schedule. 
And then inevitably Cairo One's like, well, you need to go get busy. It's like, well, maybe you can help me get busy. That would be a good thing to do. No, no, no I'm busy with patients. Okay, well, maybe our marketing, oh, we don't have one. And then inevitably, Cairo 2 is there for about 18 months, gets frustrated because they haven't got supported, they don't have a full patient schedule, and they have no idea what the hell they're doing, and then what happens? They end up here, fuck my boss, and I gotta go do my own thing. I believe in building businesses like a real business, meaning that we have to have a marketing department, we have to have a sales department, we have to have an operations department, we have to have a finance department. Again, you guys that are solo, what does that mean? It means that Shannon needs to be marketing Shannon, and then and at another point she needs to be sales Shannon, and then she needs to be finance Shannon, and as a happy byproduct, she gets to be Dr. Shannon. But they're all parts of this thing. They're all parts of this thing. We now have, again, practicing what we preach, Hannah's our marketing director, and she has three interns right now. So we have four people sitting in this department here. Four people. Lauren, as she said, she's moved and now she sits at the top, she's our sales director. Again, we're small, we're not GE, so like we're figuring it out. We're not like, we don't have sales meetings of 100 people. But like this is the, it, it, we gotta start somewhere. So like we brought on a, a sales associate, we call her an SDR, she's in Texas, she works remote. And well, I'll talk about Lauren in, in a sec, but Lauren started with me and like literally has done like everything. Like outside of treating a patient, she could do anything, right? She'd probably treat a patient too. You think she could do better than you, Ashton, sometimes? <laughs> but she's done everything. She's done billing, she sat at the front, she's been the front desk lady, as Ashton would call her. Um, she's done, but now, I basically for like three months or six months when we brought on a, sales department, I said to her, I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do, but we'll figure it out, like where we're gonna put you. And what we needed to do was we had a marketing department because Hannah was sitting there and she has some interns that are helping. And rea the reality was we had no one leading this department. And so now Lauren is a sales director essentially. And she's doing phenomenal and she loves doing it, which is, which is really fun to see. But now we do have actual people because here's the deal, right? It doesn't mean that she takes every call, right? There's a difference between accountability right? Accountability and being responsible for something. Like we have a department. So what does that mean? All that means of, that she's in charge of making sure that we're going to go, we're we hitting KPIs and if we're not, we have a plan to fix them. So if we're bad on conversions or Sophia's somewhere in left field somewhere, I'm going to Lauren first because she's in charge of this department. But again, it's just being accountable and understanding mentally who sits where. If we have a bad month on leads, I'm having a conversation with Hannah. And she might say, well, we've done really good digitally, our in-person leads, okay, let's go talk to Ashton or, or Allison or Vin because maybe they're, they're struggling somewhere. But I'm going to her first because that's her department. She sits in there. For you guys that are solo, you have to have these conversations with yourself or with the group. But if the practice is doing bad, well, what's going on? We don't have enough patience. Well, where's the problem? Is it that, is it that, Mike, the sales guy, is shit and you can't convert anyone here? Or maybe Mike, the marketer, doesn't have enough leads. It's the same person, but they're different roles. We gotta figure out which one it is. But again, we get into practice and we end up solo or with an admin or whatever. Oh, we're just slow. What the fuck does that mean? Slow with what? You're driving slow to work? Like, I don't know. Tell me what that means. Again, the illustration here more so is to think about it departmentally. Um, 
the the gym that some of us work out in across the street from our office, they he James there has built this. Um, I think they they went from like three or four hundred thousand like a million in like two or three. I mean they've done unbelievable. I actually went into there and they have like twelve or thirteen staff. It's a big operation. But when I started talking to them, he has really really good people. But about three or four months ago, I started talking to James. I started talking to some of the other good people that he has. And I was like, well, what's going on marketing? What's going on? Like, and it was like, I was like, who's responsible for like marketing? He's like, ah, oh, we're all kind of, and it was like one of those, like everyone's sort of involved. Like who does the, well, we, we share that. Who does finance? I kind of do it on the weekends. And I was like, listen, if you want me to come in, I will go in a room like this with your whole team and we'll, we'll lay this out. And we literally laid this out. I said, all right, who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? And after about a month, he he's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Because now at least I know who to talk to. I know who's responsible for what. And we can actually solve the right problems in the business. Taking it all the way back, how do we time block? The best way to time block is to figure out what you need. What does your business need? If you're getting people in the door, whatever we determine the right amount is, and nobody's gonna stay, you're getting, we call them discovery visits, and no one becomes a patient, well, we need to spend time in the sales department. More leads isn't gonna help shitty conversions. If you come to me and you're getting started and it's like, well, I don't have enough money, it's like, all right, well, how many new patients this month? And you say, and you say four new patients, and I said, okay, well, you had how many leads do you have come in? You say five, and I got four. I would say, all right, well, sales is fine, like you're converting them, but you don't have enough top of funnel. We don't have enough people here. And so we need to go time block to do this. Now again, most of us, when we're starting out, or even at our level, right, at, at our level as well, most of us, we avoid this, marketing and sales, it has to always happen. We eventually get away from it, and that's where we get stuck or frustrated, especially in a cash-based setting because we don't know how to do this, and that's a, that's a different conversation, but it's a real one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you. Thank you.